At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network This is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got ourselves a tremendous show tonight. I am holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. He wound up doing the nightcap, so we did not want to have him have to do six hours in a row. So I am in in long relief tonight and happy to be here because we've got an absolutely jam-packed show. Coming up in 15 minutes, Pam Maldonado does a great job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook taking a look at a little bit of everything from the NFL, college football, does a great job when it comes to golf and tennis as well. She's going to be joining me in studio. So I might be alone right now for segment number one, but this is going to be a packed desk for the rest of the hour. That is going to be tremendous. And then along the way, we're going to be talking with Dave Ross along with Pam. So we're going to have a little bit of a three-way conversation there talking about things to take a look at for the upcoming football season. So we've got a lot going on in hour number one and then in hour number two, we are going to be talking to one of our good friends over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Ryan Kramer, what he is taking a look at in terms of the upcoming NFL season. Has anything stuck out to him when it comes to what we've been seeing in these first two weeks of the preseason? And then in our number three, we've got Raheem Palmer. He does a great job over at the Action Network. He actually wound up, he wound up having a little bit of an ordeal that we're going to be talking about in terms of just how to wind up just being able to gauge in general what we've got in terms of in terms of taking a look at lines, being able to jump on the best one, and sometimes there are some ordeals that they do need to be addressed. So we're going to be doing that with Mr. Raheem Palmer, taking a look at what we've got for the upcoming season, and he's got some thoughts on Kevin Durant as well. So we're covering a little bit of everything because along the way we've got an MLB card that involves 14 games that we're going to be breaking down, and what if we wind up sticking there to kick off the night as we did wind up seeing a very wild day of baseball and really we've been seeing a wild last two days because you may recall what we wind up seeing on Monday was one of the lowest scoring days of baseball that we've really ever seen and then we were just jam-packed with bullpen calamities that wound up happening on Tuesday as the Miami Marlins and I'm not even kidding when I say this they broke four runs for the first time in 23 games and despite that, it took three runs in the ninth inning from an Oakland A's team that at home are rating right around 210 for the season for that game to wind up going over. If you want to take in the under on this one, and I did, that was relatively brutal. Five to three, the final. And it is one of those things where taking a look at being able to handicap the game of baseball, there's just so many ebbs and flows. Everyone's going to go hot. Everyone's going to wind up going cold. And sometimes you just want to be sort of 
playing streaks like we wound up seeing in the Angels versus the Tampa Bay Rays game. 16 men wind up getting stranded on base on Monday. On Tuesday, all those men that were stranded on base on Monday, they wind up coming through. The Rays wind up being able to get the job done by a count of 11 to 1. That's a game that it very easily winds going over the total. And then anyone that wound up having a first five versus a full game under in terms of Reds versus Phillies, it made all the difference. It was 0-0 zero to zero at the end of the fifth inning between these two. Winds up landing 7-6. to six. So we are really starting to see some of these bullpens starting to wear down, and I do think that that's very important. Like, if you take a look at the LA Dodgers right now and how they've been operating, it's been supreme as I'm doing the show right now. They're up by kind of 7-1 to one on the Brewers. They're on their way to being able to get a win in a Corbin Burns start. But with the LA Dodgers, right now, if they've got one major weakness, that'd be the fact that Craig Kimbrell has been closing out games for them. Now they are getting back for starter Gradwell. Blake Trine has been making some rehab appearances as well. But you do want to be taking note of this because when it comes to what we've been getting in Major League Baseball thus far this season, it's been relatively grouped together in terms of these bullpens. The worst bullpen ERA entering into the night was right around a 487. Best bullpen ERA, that would actually be the New York Yankees, right around a 3 as they and the Houston Astros have pretty much been playing a game of musical chairs at number one and number two in terms of bullpen ERA all season long. But I do think that it is really important. And just being able to night in and night out gauge bullpen usage is very good as well. Because when it comes to a team like the Milwaukee Brewers, for example, I mentioned the Dodgers versus the Brewers game. Obviously, they're not going to need to use him up tonight. So if you're looking to bet on Wednesday's game, it's unlikely that this is going to be the circumstance as it's a pitching mismatch. And we are going to be seeing Adrian Hauser wind up getting his first start for the Milwaukee Brewers in eons. But if there winds up being a closer situation for the Milwaukee Brewers, you're going to have Devin Williams available in that game. Whereas if you didn't wind up having Devin Williams available, you'd be looking at someone like Brad Boxberg and Hobie Milder. A very big differential there. So I do think that it is very important to be gauging these bullpens. And something else that is important to be gauging, recent form as well. I mentioned the New York Yankees. They've now been able to win Two straight games. They've got the best bullpen ERA in the big league. So they're starting to get back online. I think that it's very fair to say that with the New York Yankees, it's a team to where they probably aren't going to be able to recapture what they wound up doing in the first half of the season. They also aren't as bad as the team that they wound up winning eight out of 25 games like they were on a run of just a few days ago. But when it comes to taking a look at the game of baseball right now, we've got a lot of playoff races and there are still a lot of opportunities to be able to make some money in terms of these playoff changes. I know that most places aren't posting necessarily odds to be able to win the postseason, but there are still very many opportunities to be able to bet on a team that you think might be able to win their respective pennant, to be able to win the division as well as something that you're able to take a look at, like the Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals locked up in a little bit of a good battle with the Cardinals being able to split a double dip against the Chicago Cubs. And I do think that it is important to take a look at the way that the Jordan Montgomery trade has been able to impact that team as looks like the Brewers, barring some sort of a massive, massive comeback, they're going to wind up losing to the LA Dodgers and fall another half game back of the St. Louis Cardinals. And right now, you have seen this go all the way to a minus 450 on the St. Louis Cardinals. But the one that you do want to be taking a look at the most, in my opinion, the American League Central as the Cleveland Guardians. How good have they been recently? Well, as a matter of fact, over the last 30 days, they've got the best record in the American League. They wind up going to San Diego in a little bit of a strange interleague series. We're seeing a lot of them this week. They wind up getting it done by kind of three to one. And you're going to notice that even as we get this deep into the season, and it really happens in all sports where 
you have high expectations for a team, even though they're sort of underperforming, there is still that preseason expectation that winds up lingering with a team, despite the fact that they have not been able to bust through all year long. You're able to take a look at the NBA, for example. There were so many people that were, they were still bought in on the Brooklyn Nets, even when they wound up not even being good enough to wind up getting a buy from the play-in series. They were still buying in on them, thinking, oh, the Brooklyn Nets, when they wind up playing this, the Boston Celtics, they're going to be able to bust through. If they wind up going up against the Bucks, they're going to be able to get their revenge. list goes on and on. It never wound up happening, and I feel like we are in that twilight zone here with the Chicago White Sox, who wind up losing once again on Tuesday as they've got a manager that has been sleeping in between games. They've got just a whole bunch of things that have been going wrong, despite the fact that they are the team with actually the best batting average on the road in all of baseball. It's been a case where they have not been able to bust through all season long. With the loss that they wind up taking with the Orioles, they are now relying upon Lucas Giolito with north of a 5 ERA to be able to get the job done. And oh, guess what? A game that was a relative pick'em between the Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago White Sox on the open. Guess where the money has went? On the struggling Chicago White Sox, as I currently do this, they went from about a minus 110-ish pick'em line to now being a minus 120 on DraftKings. And I do think that it is very important to winding up wind up not just completely chucking all of your preseason research out the window and giving a little bit of credence to just the team's acumen, the overall talent, what guys have been able to do in past years in general, but always be willing to adjust because how many people would have thought going into August 24th, the Wednesday game that we're going to be seeing between the Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago White Sox, that it would be the Baltimore Orioles that comes in in a little bit of better recent form. The Orioles who come in with a better shot to be able to make the postseason at this point, in my opinion, than the Chicago White Sox. I don't think too many people would have. And it is one of those cases where what we've been seeing this season has been quite wacky out there in baseball. Now, there are some things that they just remain tried and true. The Atlanta Braves, after a slow start, being able to get things online. The LA Dodgers being the LA Dodgers. The New York Yankees finding themselves in a postseason chase. There are always those constants, but... When it comes to what we're going to be getting in terms of the Chicago White Sox moving forward, there's just no value in being able to take them on the futures perspective. Now being four games back in the American League Central, if you take a look at DraftKings right now, the Cleveland Guardians, they've now been able to become a minus 140 favorite. This just after their win against the San Diego Padres. It's actually moved just when we wound up getting the Cleveland Guardians being able to come in and being able to get to the window against the San Diego Padres. But when it comes to this Guardians team, they certainly are firing all cylinders, and the Minnesota Twins are actually a game ahead of the Chicago White Sox, currently three games back of the Cleveland Guardians. Now, granted, they are having to play against the Houston Astros right now, and for the Houston Astros, you wind up having Justin Verlander wind up getting pulled from a game, which he had given up no hits over the course of six innings, which I find that to be very intriguing, but they have to go up against them, but they're currently sitting at a plus 320 to be able to win that division right now, but I do think that it is a case in which you've got to be willing to adjust your numbers just as you wind up getting more information, as you wind up being able to get more data points. And I do think that that's going to be very important to do when it comes to the NFL season as well. Look no further than what we wind up seeing in terms of the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that they were at the bottom of the odds board going into the season. They wind up being able to win the AFC. They were very, very close in that Super Bowl as well. You know, Beckham Jr. injury wound up having a little bit to play with that, but they were able to cover the game. They were able to hang in there very close, and Joe Burrow was able to put himself onto the map. So there's a lot to be able to break down there, and when it comes to being able to do your research as well, 
just being able to, to try to identify some of these younger guys that they wind up coming through. We're seeing that in the MLB with some of the teams I've been referencing, the Cleveland Guardians and the Baltimore Orioles. And then I mentioned it from an NFL perspective as to what we wind up getting with the Cincinnati Bengals last season. It is just so paramount. So many people wind up forgetting that. Bets that are won during any season, whether you're betting on basketball, football, baseball, list goes on and on. Many of those bets, they are won through great preparation. They are won by doing your research prior to the season and making small adjustments and making sure that you've got everything online going into a season. And I know that there's quite a few people that do a great job of that in our industry. And Pam Maldonado is one of the best at being able to do so. She's over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. And then Dave Ross, our very own, they are both going to be joining me next right here on the look at on visa these at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. First thing that one. Guaranteed prizes. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out right now, and the NFL Guide is dropping this Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every single team, including trends, power ratings, over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and much more. Remember that the only way to be able to get access to this year's guide is by becoming a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up for our discounted football special and get access to everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175.00. Save 50% off the monthly prices well with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the sports betting network. Guys, it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined on the desk by Pam Aldonado. Does an absolutely amazing job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook and in town. So you know what? (laughs) Great to be able to get her aboard. And then on the phone, we've got Dave Ross. So we have got a great conversation to be had here with Dave and Dave, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much. Absolutely, you guys. Pamela, welcome to Vegas. Very cool to have you there with Greg tonight in tow uh, for the look ahead. So happy to be joining you guys as we get ready finally for real college football week zero and the NFL. Just one more week of the fake stuff until we kick it off for real in week one of the NFL. Yep, it is absolutely amazing, and I know that both of you have been doing an amazing job of being able to get prepped for this upcoming season. And Pam, I know you had a great article, and you were outlining a little bit with regards to the Indianapolis Colts. I want you to lead by talking a little bit about this Colts team and what you're seeing in them for the upcoming season. 
I'm not sure. I may be the only person on the planet who is excited for Matt Ryan. Can I say that? Am I allowed yes, to say that I'm excited are. for Matt Ryan? Like when I got into NFL betting, it was back in 2016. And it was during that season that I also decided to, my very first year doing fantasy football, I had Matt Ryan as my quarterback. And he went off for me. He went finished second in total in passing yards. He had all the touchdowns. He had an amazing season. And it reflected he is a capable quarterback. Matt Ryan, every season has, since at least 2015, has been in the top five for total passing yards, for total touchdowns. He is a very capable quarterback. And now he has a really good coach with Frank Wright. And he has a really good running back system that wide receivers are maybe susceptible because we don't know yet what type of abilities they're going to have. But you have a very good quarterback with a very good coach on a team that has a very good defense playing an easy, really easy schedule. I am super excited for what Matt Ryan can bring to this team. And I think it's potentially could be a very great fit. I'm looking at his overpassing yards. I'm looking at his um, MVP odds. Can, can, can we can go into get maybe not that far, but I'm definitely looking at his overpassing yards because he has surpassed. The total right now is 39 um, some books have it around 3,900, 3,950, and he has surpassed that number every single season of 14 seasons, 11 in the last 11 straight. And being the native from the state of Wisconsin, I have to point out the fact that Jonathan Taylor, he is an absolutely amazing running back for this team as well. And I'm in lockstep with you, Pam. I'm not going to go in on Matt Ryan to be able to win the MVP, but I am in on this Colts team to be able to win their division. I think that it's going to be a good year for them. I think that they go over their season win total, and Dave. Is it three for three here? Are you in on the Indianapolis Colts this season, or is there a little bit of pushback? No, I, I think you guys were right on here. And again, maybe I'm a little bit biased from working with Wes, Wes Reynolds here on the network, and <laughs> Wes is our, our resident Colt fan as well. But, you know, you really did. You look at last year's team, and you say, well, what's the upgrade? And to Pam's point, it is an upgraded quarterback now with Matty Ice coming over and Carson Wentz down in D.C. There's no other way to look at that other than upside. And the Colts were very close last year. Uh, of course, we all know about the last game, the dud against Jacksonville. And we kind of feel like the Tennessee is going to take a step back this year. Again, they do get Derrick Henry back, but they still have what I call the best wide receiver playing quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. So I'll say the advantage now goes to Indianapolis at the quarterback position for sure. That might not have been the case a year ago. I look at that wins total at 10, and I look at the division, which we don't think that Jacksonville and Houston are ready to take that kind of step, even if they might be improved this year with their coaching changes and some of the, the uh, 53-man roster makeups that they have. So I do think the Colts are the rightful favorite. What I don't like, guys, is is I feel like the best of the number to win the division has gotten away. You could have gotten Indianapolis, you know, a month, two months ago at small plus value. You could have got them a couple weeks ago at about even money. And now that's jumped. I've seen as high as minus $1.40. So I think people are on to what you and Pam are talking about here, Greg, that it looks like the Colts are the favorite and should be the favorite for good reason to win this division. Look, I'm not going to discount Tennessee. They still are the team to beat. I do think the Colts will win the division ultimately, but it isn't coming upon Matt Ryan to be better than he was last year in Atlanta. And there are a lot of reasons why it went south in the ATL last year, and the offensive line was key among them. You feel like here in Indianapolis, that should be a massive upgrade here for Matt Ryan this year. This is a former league MVP. So if you can keep Matt Ryan up upright, kind of like Matthew Stafford in L.A., I'm not saying they're, they get that they that kind of vision to grandeur of winning a Super Bowl maybe in year one with Matt Ryan. But I think teams are understanding to give me that veteran quarterback that really knows how to play the position, 
get that running game going with Jonathan Taylor, which is not hard to do. Get the offensive line, make sure that they're healthy and upright. Yeah, all things look good. I just wish the price was a little bit better right now. I'm betting the Colts to win the division because I feel like everybody's on them at this stage. Yep, I agree with you there. I was jumping on the Colts when they were more around even money in terms of odds to be able to win the division. And I mean, still at minus 130, I think that there's a little bit of value, but no doubt it has been a little bit diminished. And talking about the Indianapolis Colts and talking about, because I know that you mentioned him as well, Carson Wentz, how do you, both of you, I will start with you, Pam, and then we'll throw it to Dave on this. How do you wind up evaluating some of these quarterbacks and just players in general that they're now in a new location? It's sort of one of those same face, new place sort of ordeals because there are some times when a player just needs a fresh start. I feel like that was much needed for Matt Ryan just in everything that I've been hearing from training camp. It just it just sounds like he's a new guy and he it sounds like he's got a bunch of energy. Meanwhile, we saw it with Carson Wentz last year, ironically enough, going over to the Colts and didn't work out for him. Well, it didn't work out last season for Matt Ryan either. I was on Matt Ryan last year in 2021 because of Arthur Smith going over to the Falcons. I was really excited about that potential matchup. It didn't really come to fruition like I was hoping it would. Now I'm kind of backpedaling and saying, okay, well, maybe this time around it's going to be a good fit and it's going to take a couple of steps to figure that out. But yes, I'm looking at the team as a Colts um, as a whole, but I am specifically honing in on Matt Ryan and because there is still value there, potentially what I liked for him was 30 to one to have the most passing yards. And that's, a, I think that's a fantastic number for something that is uh, within reach because he has in been top six of quarterbacks for passing yards every year except for last year and it was because potentially it was arthur smith and then they kind of really Mm -hmm. gone into the run game and so now that he has a coach that says i want to have a passing quarterback he got himself a passing quarterback i'm expecting the quarterback to pass so i think i really like the 30 to 1 most for matt ryan to have the passing yards and that's what i'm interested in hopefully they gel together this time around yep and obviously having no calvin ridley for much of the year as well at the Mm -hmm. atlanta falcons that hurt them as well. But same question to you, Dave. How do you evaluate some of these guys that they're now in a new location because we've seen many guys wind up getting just a complete, for lack of a better term, rebirth with regards to their career and other guys hasn't panned out for them? Well, look, it's been a great trend, right? The last couple of years, I mentioned this with Jeff Falls on Sunday on the network and that, you know, historians will look back at Trent Dilfer who did it year one in Baltimore way back when, but it wasn't because Trent Dilfer was this lights-out quarterback. That was a great Ravens defense. But the last two years, Tom Brady goes down to Tampa Bay in year one, change the scenery, boom, you win the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford gets traded from Detroit, goes over to L.A., year number one, boom, wins the Super Bowl. Will we get that three-for-three trend when it basically never happened in the history of the NFL until the last two years? I do like Matt Ryan's situation the most, but obviously Russell Wilson's the one I think that you look at in Denver, and there might be the most hype around that acquisition this year to say, okay, now the Broncos truly have a true leader. They're going to make that huge leap uh, and potentially win a Super Bowl in year number one and keep that trend going three in a row. You mentioned Carson Wentz. Look, I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm unabashed about it. And I was very happy to see Carson Wentz back in the NFC East. I actually ended up playing the Cowboys to win the division at plus 140 because all the reports I'm hearing out of Washington, D.C., I don't know how well this is going to work out in year number one for Carson mm-hmm. Wentz in BC. Look, Ron Rivera, he might be on the hot seat as well this year. If they don't get something turned around, I don't know how much longer these guys are going to be there. Carson is really a, a rental at this stage, but could potentially only be there one year like he was in Indianapolis. 
I don't see it there. I understand the fit with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. Certainly do Russell Wilson in Denver. I don't see this one in Washington, D.C. Their identity is supposed to be defense first with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. If that defense doesn't play better, they did towards the end of the year, but they were abysmal for the first 10. Do not expect Carson Wentz to bail you out. I don't see it there at all. I think they are clearly, at best, the third best team on paper in the NFC East behind the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I don't know how much further behind the Giants are at this stage. So while I like some of the new faces in new places, one that doesn't feel like a match for me is Carson Wentz in D.C. Carson Wentz, yeah. There is no disagreement from me on that one either because, well, it's been a relatively rough go of it for them. And we shall see if things wind up going a little bit more successfully for him in season number two away from Philadelphia. But coming up next, we're going to talk a little college football. Go from the pros to the college scene as week zero. It is upon us. So we're going to be talking about that next right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. Regular season football is just a look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the look at is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher and simpler way to enjoy nicotine, has helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Not sure about you, but been many times in my life where I knew that I needed to make a change, but just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure that there are many smokers and dippers out there that can relate. Zinn understands that there isn't one right time to make change. Everyone's on a little bit of a different journey. Everyone's timeline just a tad bit different. So when you're feeling like you're ready to take that first step forward towards change, Zinn is going to be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. And if you're thinking about making change and want to learn a little bit more today, Go to Zyn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the look at still being joined at the desk by Pam Maldonado. Does a great job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. And our very own Dave Ross is joining me via phone. And Dave, I know that you're taking a little bit of a look at this Northwestern versus Nebraska game coming up for week zero. And what are you taking a look at in this one? Because I can tell you right now, it's very strange seeing a college football game being played in Dublin, Iowa, or Dublin, Ireland. I very nearly called it Iowa. That yeah. goes to <laughs> me coming from the Big Ten because it's just so strange. But right now we're finding Nebraska as a 13 to a 13 and a half point favor, which I think is interesting considering what we've seen from Nebraska the last few years. Well, Greg, first of all, if they were playing the game in Iowa, it would make much more sense. Yes, it would. <laughs> Instead of playing the game in Dublin, Ireland, like did did the Irish ask for this? Do they are they clamoring for Northwestern and Nebraska uh, in Dublin on a Saturday night? That's where it's going to be played uh, in local time over in Dublin. And I'm like, okay, sure, college football. Let's take the show on the road and see how this plays out. So obviously, there's no home field advantage uh, that you're going to derive from your college campus. That's for sure. But you know, I look at these correlated plays sometimes, guys, and I say, all right, well. If I, if I like the Wildcats here and taking the points and trusting Pat Fitzgerald and the 13, 13 and a half, then I would probably lean towards the under 49, 49 and a half that I'm seeing at most places here market wide. And if you like Nebraska, I think you would correlate that to this is going to be a blowout and Scott Frost is, is going to look pretty impressive, more impressive than he did last year in week zero where they lost to Brett Bielema and the fight in the line. So 
that's the way I kind of have to look at it. Now, normally on paper, I'm going to say, well, 13, 13 and a half for Pat Fitzgerald in a season opener. And think about the way that Northwestern wants to play, right? They're not going to get in a shootout with anybody because they just don't have the athletes to hold up. Scott Frost feels like this might be, and we know he's on a hot seat every year in Nebraska, but as long as he's got Trev Alberts there, you know, running the show there, I, I think he's going to be okay unless things go really south this year. This is supposed to be a big year for Scott Frost. They, they might be able to challenge in their division in, in the Big Ten. So I, I look at Nebraska and I said, well, you better get off on the right foot against Northwestern. But Fitzgerald's going to dummy down this game. I have no idea what the field conditions are going to be like, but I'm going to assume it's not a fast track over in Dublin. This is going to lean towards defense and running the football. I have not played this game yet, but if you force me to play it, which, by the way, America, nobody forces you to play these games. <laughs> if I was forced to play it, I would have to take the points and play the under in this one and think of a sloppy week zero type game and hope that you can mitigate Nebraska's clear edge and athleticism and dummy this thing down a little bit to a, to a tougher in-the-trenches football game. That's what Fitzgerald wants his cats to play. They play. They are a very disciplined team. They're not going to beat themselves. I don't think they have the athletes to pull the outright upset, but I do think they can keep it close. I would take the points here and lead towards the under. Yep, and a lot of places they open this total at a 54.5. We've seen it come down by a full five points, and Pam, I can't disagree with anything that we want to hearing from Dave because I take a look at this game, and Nebraska versus Northwestern does not come off as any sort of a shootout game, certainly, and typically when it comes to these sorts of games, it is a little bit more sloppy. It is a little bit more run-oriented. I don't know if you see anything different here, but if I would be looking at anything, and the week zero slate is <laughs> relatively rough, I'd be looking at it under... <laughs> No, absolutely. Um, when it comes to teams like this, where like Nebraska, they're without Adrian Martinez, and I want to. When you have something that has so drastically different, like your quarterback, I want to wait and see. I'm not diving into <laughs> Week Zero, and I can't wait to hammer it. And I want to see where the pieces lie, see how the the pieces have changed, where the parts are they are they molding, are they blending? So I'm gonna probably hold off on something like that, where they're both teams, both Northwestern and Nebraska, have had so many changes within its team and within in the personnel. I want to look for stability when it comes to the early weeks of college football. Week zero, week one, week two. I'm looking for the teams that are returning a lot of its players, especially the key positions, the quarterback. Do they still have their head coach? If you were a pass, strong pass rush last season, are you returning back those starters? So I'm looking for consistency like that. So for me, I am looking at Utah State to cover as a minus 27 and a half <laughs> favorite over UConn. And I actually really love this play. I'm actually likely to be playing this one um i don't play double digit favorites like this ever ever too often but i think that the best time to do it is in week zero week one um but you're talking about a yukon team who has been bottom five bottom ten in almost every statistical category within college football you're talking about points per game yards per play passing passing rushing they don't have, have an offense they don't really have a defense and as you <laughs> saw last year they lost in their opening game at Fresno State 45 to 0. They lost to Purdue 49 to 0. This is they lost to Clemson 44 to 7 and Utah State is a high power passing offense. You have a great quarterback in uh, Logan Bonner. He was a transfer from Arkansas State last year. He passed for over 3600 yards, 36 touchdowns. What can this what can this Yukon team do to stop a high power passing offense like that? I'm going to say Nothing. not much. So I would I'm probably. Fam. 
So I would probably yeah. be looking for two options. I would either take Utah State minus 27 and a half for cover. And honestly, I would probably even look to like the over 59 and a half or the Utah State uh, team total over. Because I imagine they're just going to score points all up and down the field. And there's not going to be any stopping them. And I think that it's something very good that Pam brings up, and I'll get to you on this in a second, Dave, but when it comes to a game like UConn versus Utah State, and this comes up in college basketball a lot, where you've got a, I mean, solid Utah State team. By no means are they going to be, in my opinion, winning the Mountain West, but I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job. They were one of the best teams out there in the Mountain West to your point (laughs) last year, and they're going up against a UConn team that's just flat out terrible. And I just take a look at it, and... 26 and a half to 27. It sounds like a big number, but I mean, if you think that this should be north of four touchdowns, this is good value. And I don't think that you should be scared off by the number. The only thing that you should be playing is what it is in comparison to how you wind up handicapping the game. And I honestly do think that if you just think that this is going to be a blowout, wind up playing the points. Don't feel too scared about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, know. I'm right there with you guys. Yeah. Um, Pam, I was going to say, you had me at UConn. I mean, I that is almost an auto fade for me with UConn football. That's how atrocious they are. I think you guys nailed it. People do get scared. You said, look, 27 and a half points is a lot, a lot of points, right? So even if this goes up to 28, 28 and a half, I, I think the point still is there. Most people are going to jump on the points and think it's just too many. They haven't really dove into UConn and realize how bad this football program is right now. I mean, historically bad right now. So to me, it's Utah State or pass, but there's no way I'm getting involved in the UConn sign at all. Well, and very quickly, on the, game, on the game in Dublin, if you guys were in Dublin on a Saturday night, would you go watch Nebraska no. play <laughs> I mean, what are we thinking here? <laughs> Oh, man, I certainly would not. But, Pam, I know that you had a little bit more thoughts with regards to the UConn versus Utah State game. You said that you said that you would not be getting involved with the UConn side. Well, the way you do get involved with the UConn side is by taking the team total under, which should be around like 13 oh. and a half points. Um, pound the under because I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with zero. I, I'm right there with you. That's a very salient point. Yeah, there's, just, there's nothing to like about this UConn offense, certainly. And unless they get the points defensively, uh, I think it's going to be a long week zero for a program right now that feels like it's bottoming, totally bottoming out. Right. Yeah, and I mean UConn basketball is something that I'm able to get fired <laughs> up about. I mean they made the fi- they made the NCAA tournament as a five seed. They lost to, frankly enough, New Mexico State. But I mean I could get on board with them. The football program, not <laughs> so much. And Dave, we've got about a minute left here. Is there anything else that really stood out to you with regards to college football slate for week zero? The other thing is the, the uh, Illinois game. You look at Wyoming, they are only returning, I believe, about nine players in tow from last year's uh, Wyoming Cowboys squad. I think it's a fade spot there. I'm seeing the number go up a little bit, I believe, from 10 to 10 and a half, maybe even as high as 11. I, it's not something that I love, but if you wanted to hop in on maybe a parlay selection and play Illinois money line, I don't think they're in very much jeopardy of losing that game. Covering could be another story, but I, I do think they should easily get that win. If I were to play a side, I would lay the points with Illinois and Brett Bielema. Yep, and Illinois has went from about a 9-point favorite to an 11-point favorite in this one with a very low total of a 44. And Dave, I know you do an amazing job all throughout the network, including your show First Strike as well, which that's all about UFC, boxing, combat sports. Always great to have you aboard, Dave. Thank you. Hey. 
Appreciate it, Greg. Welcome to, uh, to Las Vegas, Pam. We'll enjoy your stay. Thank you. Yep, and we're going to be joined by Pam on the other side, taking a look at just more of some of the basics of sports betting right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever your podcast says. We're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and being joined at the desk by Pam Maldonado. Does great work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook, and Pam. I know that you wanted putting out a great article a few days ago that I personally was a big fan of and just talks about some basics when it comes to college football betting for the upcoming season. And a lot of what you want to playing out, I can tell you from reading it, it winds up holding true for so many sports. Just take the folks through that are getting set for this upcoming college football and pro football season as well. Just some of the little things that you recommend in terms of just having the most profitable season. Because At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare because i mean there are so many people that they just love to be able to dive in on picks go all in week number one and i tell you right now that's not one of those cases where you want to either Double or lose your entire bankroll week number one or in college football case week zero. I can't say that (laughs) name discussion for another day. But with that said, just take some of the people through some of the tips that you've got for the upcoming season. Right. So I'm with Yahoo Sports now, but I wasn't a few years ago. I am just as much a recreational sports better like a majority of the people who follow me on Twitter. And I have been through the ups and downs. I have lost my bankroll. I've made the mistakes of chasing. And so a lot of what it is that I write, these Betting 101 articles, is related to my personal experiences of let me teach you things for the future that I've done in the past. And if I can help you correct some of the mistakes that I've made, then that's only going to help you become a better sports better quicker and you don't have to mess with the nuances that I did. So one of the articles that I wrote was exactly that. I had a, um, a lot of my content also comes from personal questions that people ask me. So I got sent a DM and said, hey, I really love your picks, but I would like to try to give the handicapping process my own try. Uh, do you have any recommendations? And I, we had a conversation and basically it came down to, okay, you're doing college football. That's great. There's a hun- there's how many there's 130 teams in college football. 
I didn't know all 130 teams when I first started sports betting. I knew the Big 12. I was born and raised in Texas, so I focused in on one conference. So more importantly, if you're going to start doing college football handicapping, instead of seeing the big picture of 130, narrow it down to the 10 teams, to the 12 teams per conference. Look at just the Pac-12, look at just the Big 10, whatever area that you're living in, most familiar with, the teams that maybe you went to college there, start there. And then like that's only going to be... That's going to be a lot less stressful because it's now just a small group of teams as opposed to the entire spectrum, a small group of players, small group of injuries. There's just a lot less information that you have to um, keep track of if you're just starting out. So that would be my number one is like narrow it down to what you know best. And that's just by area. But then break it down even further. If you understand, like, I am obsessed with the pass rush. I wish I was born to be a pass rusher. Like, I know I miss my calling. Somehow, so I focus heavily on uh, looking at a pass rush first and foremost when it comes to football. So if you're like a running back or that's your position, if you're a wide receiver, then look at the aspect of the game that you understand the most and let that be your starting point. I think that that's really good advice to have. And by the way, you would have probably wanted to go against me when I was playing offensive <laughs> line in high school. I was benching like 100 pounds. I weighed 215. I was not good at all. So I would have been able to be just pretty much the dummy up there at the offensive line. But that said, I know that's something else that you do a lot of as well, because you do wind up firing it on some of these week zero, week one games. But Mm -hmm. I know that as the season goes along, you get a little bit of a better feel for these teams as well. And this goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about earlier, not trying to double up your bankroll week number one, Mm -hmm. week zero, what have you. And just take the people through how you wind up just being able to get more data points and how that winds up leading to you winding up having just more bets as the season goes along. So what makes sports betting so interesting is that everybody has, you ask 100 people how they handicap a game, you're going to get 100 different responses. And everybody has their own process. What I feel works for me is something that I have taken years to figure out. And that's I really don't play week zero, week one, week two. It's taken years of discipline for me to be like, nope, I'm just going to sit back. Am I still creating content? Yes. Am I still looking and analyzing? Yes. But am I comfortable wagering a full unit on X game? Not necessarily. So instead, I am sitting back. I'm waiting for the data to collect. I'm looking at the strength. We've talked about it before, the strength versus the weakness. If I liked Utah State to cover against UConn, it's because they had a high power passing offense last year. Are they coming into the season with the same type of offense or did something change? Um, There's a lot of new pieces, wide receivers, players opt out, players leave, coaches coach change. So I want to see what happened in 2021 and how it transitions into 2022. So I'm taking the first few weeks to kind of like learn all of that. I'm observing. And then here you go, week four, week three and on. That's when, like, that's where you make your money, your bread and butter. That's where it is in the middle of the season. So I kind of start to early on to keep it light. As the season progresses, I'm upping my bet sizing just because I know where my strength lies because I keep a record that tells me what my strength and what my weakness is. And as the season fades on, okay, we're now getting into the later parts of the season. Now we're getting into the bowl games. I'm going to start to cut back because now we're running out of games to bet on and I don't want to be chasing some of the losses. You're running out of options. So that's what works for me. I'm the same size better, so I kind of keep it the same year after year. Yep, and what I think is very important, what you pointed out as well, is that you're taking a look at these teams prior to the season. It's not like one of those cases where it's like you're trying to cram like five nights before the season being like, oh, we've got 131 teams to break down. We're going to do the once over. And then, you know, what week three, then we wind up diving in. It's just all Mm -hmm. about being able to observe 
And then once you wind up getting that full sample set, being able to dive in as well. And how important is it to wind up doing your just research prior to the season? Because I've always got a saying on my college basketball podcast that bets that are won during the college basketball season, they're won by doing great prep work, by being able Mm -hmm. to know these teams, know exactly how they function in past years and how that winds up differentiating throughout the season as well. And I do think that it is very important, even if you're not diving in week zero and week one, to Mm -hmm. wind up just having some notes that you come in with before you wind up having these observations during the season. And you nailed it, notes preseason. So when it comes to the NFL, you can make some of those predictions for players because they've been in the league for so long. Just like the consistency of staying within a team, within the coach, there's more consistency in the NFL than there is in college football. So for NFL, I can look at a player prop and probably want to wager on it. Wager week one kind of comfortably. When it comes to college football, I'm more so looking for information that I can that I find from last season that I'm remembering preseason to be used for later in the season. So for example, last year I knew that West Virginia was a team that I wanted to fade on the road because the year prior in 2020, they went something like 0-4 on the road. And I was like, okay, that's a stat that I remember. I'm a Big 12 girl, so I know West Virginia. They went 0-4 straight up against the spread, lost outright as favorites. And I said 2021 could potentially be the same thing. Sure enough, they ended up going, it was something, it was either like 1-4 or 1-5 straight up and against the spread in 2021. So over a two-year span, you made a lot of money fading West Virginia on the road. Those are the types of bullet points that I'm trying to find preseason that's going to help me week two, week three, week four. So when they do have their first road game, okay, I already know right off the bat that this is what I'm looking for. Now is the opponent that they are facing, does that make sense? Are they favorites? Are they dogs? So now you can use the fundamentals once the season starts for the information that you found a few weeks ago. And I think that you mentioned something very interesting with there just being so much more turnover when it comes to college football and just college sports in general, because I'm a little bit more of a college basketball guy and Got a bunch of one and done guys. The point yeah. right when you wind up getting to know someone that mm-hmm. power forward that's averaging 20 points a game, it's out of the fold. But how much has the transfer portal wound up changing this a little bit? Because now you've got a little bit more of a data point on a lot of these guys. But something that I found in terms of college basketball is fit is just so important. And oh, yeah. that's one of the most difficult things to handicap when it comes to just college sports in general. Absolutely. I think it has uh, the transfer portal has added just a whole new other element that has made it a lot more volatile. Of course, we haven't started the season yet, so I can't that's not proven yet. But it's just the turnover of it for each team in every conference has just been through the roof that you're having to like jot down player by player. Okay, that is a lot of turnover. I'm going to sit back. There's actually a lot less teams. So we're talking about it earlier of find things that make sense to you um start with the conference instead of doing all 130 teams narrow it down to one conference instead of looking at all the teams that have so much turnover look at the teams that have consistency which ones are returning their quarterbacks which ones are returning their star players which ones are returning the same coaches um there's a couple of teams like oregon state is one of the few teams that has its head coach returning in the pac-12 where almost every team has a new head coach so i'm looking for those types of situations where, okay, I'm not going to like stress myself out with all of this data, new player names, where they fit, what did they do, what happened in high school, what it, analysis paralysis, it is a thing. So instead, go with what happened in 2021, how much of that is still the same for 2022, and see if you can use anything for that for, tw- for the new season. 
Absolutely. I think that that is absolutely amazing advice from Pam. She is one of the best in the business, and I know that it is going to be a great college football season for you, and hopefully it's going to be a great trip for you out here in Vegas. You just landed a few hours ago, so really appreciate the time tonight. Thank you so much. Welcome horns. Yes, it is going to be a great college football season, and coming up next, get it on a little bit of baseball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. What's the guarantee? What's the guarantee? Hey, Derek! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.